0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new Title Town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart. breaking boston on a thursday morning august the 3rd andy hart here joined by producer friend coop leonard or coop leon oh how you doing as it says uh, tremendous um actually you know what i'm doing like the socks i'm up i'm down i'm in i'm out i'm in a wait and see approach and that is what i'm going to talk about this morning the wait and see boston red Sox. i think that is kind of how you have to describe them moving forward First of all, because of your president of baseball op- operations, Heim Bloom, created this wait and see mentality. Wait and see how we react to the trade deadline. Well, the Red Sox go out and beat the Mariners. Wait and see how the Red Sox react to, <clears throat> excuse me, Heim Bloom addressing the clubhouse. Well, they go out and they lose to the Mariners. Red Sox are still one game up on the Yankees last place in the AL East, which is always my important measuring stick. Um, now, two and a half games out of the wild card, but you do have those Blue Jays games on the horizon A Blue Jays teams that they are 7-0 and against. And listening to Alex Cora yesterday on Weei, um, he's in a tough spot. We know that. He is trying to be the company man, say the right things. I'm sure he wanted to be added to as a roster. I'm sure he did not want to hear his general manager say his teams are underdogs which is, by the way, side note, not just a dumb thing to say, a a a, a separate, a, like a new uh, approach or whatever, because I remember listening to High and Bloom early in the year, tell me how, you know, last year's team we thought was better than the performance, and this year's team we think is better than last year's team, and we're going to surprise some people, and now we get to August, and it's, well, we're underdogs, and and we know we're underdogs, so if I were in that that clubhouse that would have really pissed me off. And I know I've discussed this a little bit on the Rich Keith show and this has sort of been the talking point for the last couple of days. That was an idiotic thing to say for someone running a baseball team. Uh
1: idiotic especially for someone that I think pretty clearly has their job hanging in the balance right now. I know that like everyone here talks about like and I I think we fluff that up a little bit more than what ownership looks at because I think Ownership is probably the one giving him that underdog company line because they want to make sure seats are still getting uh sold at Fenway Park for the rest of the season. Like, I think John Henry and Sam Kennedy they look at selling as losing revenue down the road to the rest of the season, and that's just the mantra that they want to stay away from. And so maybe that's kind of the ethics that Heim puts into how he tackles the trade deadline when they clearly sees that the team is not going to win. Selling the, the team that just had one of the hottest months of july in quite a while that they are underdogs is kind of a slap in the face in my opinion because this is a team that right now is about five to ten games above pace of what vegas was saying that they were going to do at the beginning of the season i believe 76 and a half was about the line that everyone was trying to set right now i think they're on pace for 82 84 so it, it That's not underdog mentality. That's a team that is competitive and was a move or two away from being actual contenders. That's not to say they aren't contenders right now, but I would imagine if you're calling a team an underdog as an executive, you're doing everything you can to make sure that they're above underdogs. When you have that possibility, he just let that go by. And he's like, yeah, let's let this underdog thing play out. I, I don't really care too much about them. Like that's what he told them. He does not care
0: about them. And I think it was a very easy narrative. And Alex Cora, again, being a company man, talked about this is a different spot than last year. They're getting healthier. They're getting reinforcements, which is all true. And you could get Trevor Story playing at an all-star caliber. You, you know, he could he, we could get the good Trevor Story that we've seen in the minor leagues hitting bombs. We could get everything you want him to be. You could get Chris Sale back, maybe. Now, as I've always said in all my podcasts, talking all sports, if, if you have a bunch of ifs, the best you can hope for is to go 50-50 on your ifs. I just think that's sort of the law of averages. And therefore, if you think story is going to be good, then probably sale won't be. Or if you think sale's going to be good, then probably story won't be Hauk uh, how- or whatever, however many ifs you want to throw in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. But even if I'll throw my own if in there, you believe in the reinforcements that are coming and the health that is coming add to it and sell me on a company line that we're, we're the best team in baseball over the last month. You know, we're hitting our stride. We are shifting gears. We are hitting six gear and we're about to take off. Don't tell me you're underdogs. Don't try to minimize expectations. And you, know, you may be right. Maybe that's for them to sort of try to manipulate the market in terms of business. I don't know. I don't love the business model because this is a baseball team that going into the trade deadline, I had to hear, well, they're, they're five million below the the spending threshold and they don't want to cross that. Wait a minute. So we're spending a lot of money, but we're a, an underdog team. We're the Boston Red Sox. like this whole um, packaging and manipulation of who they are, what they are, what the roster is, like one year players, two- year players, old players, young players, and Heim Bloom one of the quotes the other night was like, you know, we're not asking you to close your eyes and imagine like it's starting to come to fruition. Okay, so I actually like that, that idea. It's starting to come to fruition, your vision, your success. So go in all in on that. Don't tell me you're a gosh darn. The North Star, I believe he called it. What's that? I believe
1: he called it the North Star that they're still chasing that, which if that if that is the case, then sell.
0: Like be you right. the lost in the desert. You're the, the, big the, the North Star, you're lost in the desert. So, yeah, this these mixed messages. And again, I do think it puts, you know, reading some of the quotes yesterday from Devers, for example, a guy who wanted to add to this baseball team. And you want him, in my opinion, you want him to have opinions. You want him to voice him. You have decided he is your tent pole. You handed him 300 million dollars to be that guy. And not just hit bombs and do that, but he's going to be the centerpiece of that clubhouse for the foreseeable future. So he has earned the right. You have paid him, given him the right to talk about the baseball team. And now he's in a weird spot. Because if you say you want stuff and then you don't get it, well, now you have to backtrack and say, well, we're, we just want to win. We're, and that's what he said. We just want to win, which I believe. I think he wanted to win when he said, We need additions. We need pitching. Like things like that is wanting to win. And now he has to want to win based on, I guess, Chris Sale and Trevor Story and some of his buddies. So I I just, this just feels like the spinning the wheels season that we've seen all year. We've talked about it, Coop. We've talked about it here on Breaking Boston. We've talked about it on Fitzy and Hart on the weekends that every time they hook you. Oh, they go, you know, eight and two and 10, or they go on a four or five game winning streak and they win a series that maybe you didn't expect against the Braves. Then something goes the other way and the something going the other way this time was the trade deadline. I think the reaction to the trade deadline is going to be important. Um, Maybe this is a media concoction of how we observe how teams deal with whatever their organization does at the trade deadline. We've seen it. I think I'm going to hold you up right. there.
1: I don't think it's a media concoction at this point. I think they're, do you think it's real? No, I think it's just a product of them being so, I don't know, vague with what they want to do. It's been three <laughs> straight seasons where it's kind of like, even in 2021, yep. when they did, they were able to do something when Heim Bloom actually did pull the trigger. It wasn't a major trigger. Schwarber. I mean, no disrespect to the guy. He's a great player, but he's not like the premier player player in the league. He used that moment to kind of cement himself as something that is legit in the league. But that's three straight seasons now where you've kind of gone into the deadline. and You're like, we don't really know if this guy is committed to this team this season. And that's kind of become the trouble of like, we don't know what Bloom actually wants. Like, we all know he wants to build for the future and build something that's sustainable. But he's not coming out and saying that, which is the most frustrating part. So it kind of leaves us to put the puzzle pieces together
0: and i i think it's fair to start to wonder can he make decisions can he make tough decisions can he deal with values and trades and opportunities and maybe every once in a while i brought this up to rich keith i'm terrible at making decisions myself i'll fully i'm the most passive guy in the world are you kidding so uh, like i uh, this isn't like a That job's not for everyone. I don't think everyone can do that. Like, I couldn't stand on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange and make boom, 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 like sales. and Uh, Three million
1: over to Dell, please.
0: Right. My head would explode. So it's not for me. Like, a man's got to know his strengths, know his weaknesses. But I have begun to wonder if Heimblum is capable of making tough decisions. And the comparisons have crept up here between Bill Belichick and Heimblum and value, and maybe he puts – like a a hard and fast value on something. And he's not going to alter from that, even if the market makes it clear that they don't agree with his evaluation or valuation. And the difference is resume. Bill Belichick can say, yeah, I've been sticking to my guns for 20 something years, worked out pretty well for most of it. And he's right. Like when he, that comment he made, why should people be excited or whatever? Well, the last 25 years, he's right. And whether he sucks now is, an issue we have to deal with is he, you know, as the game passed him by, is he fading into that's all a question now, but at least he has a resume to fall back on. Heim Bloom has nothing to fall back on except, oh, he worked for the Rays and the Rays are pretty good at things. But like, that's the thing, the Rays didn't, they he, couldn't I, even win a World Series with their model.
1: That's like their biggest well, critique is like argument. they get to the postseason yep. and they flounder because they are a team built
0: for 162. They aren't a team built right. for five games, for seven games. And that's my argument against him is that A, he was never the guy, and B, he was never the guy at a place that never won anything, and now this transformation to Boston, I think it's legitimate to question, and this isn't personal. This is legitimately, can he make tough decisions at the deadline with the team, the season, hope on the line, those types of things, and I think you have to question it because even the Schwarber, so he was hurt you acquired an injured as- asset a depreciated asset that actually worked yep. and um who was what's his name uh, hosmer was like a freebie basically like the, the it was like a f- opportunity fell in their laps financially that he like oh that's too good to pass up other than that this idea you know and the vasquez trade kind of blew up in his face so uh, that he and, may and even you want to
1: add more to it he can't even like be with the team when he's making these moves, which I know, like I think a lot of people blow that out of proportion. And I don't think that's the most important thing in the world. We live in a society now that has zoom calls and we can just look at someone like face to face from across the country. But like there, there comes to be a time where it's kind of like, Hey man, like nut
0: up and be an executive. Absolutely. And that's, uh, that all plays into it. I'm not sure he has the ability. Well, let's use Coop's word to nut up, whether it's nutting up, In a discussion with another team about prospects and players and opportunities, nutting up in terms of being in front of his clubhouse and expressing exactly why or why not, he did something, right? Like, just because I believe that if you truly have conviction in your plan and truly have conviction in your decisions, that's not that hard, right? Like, you just go out there and say, this is the way I see it. I'm the person in charge. I've earned this right. Maybe they'll can me. Maybe they won't. But for the here and for the now, this is what we're doing. X, Y, and Z. I don't think he has that. And that's why I think they're the wait and see socks, because you have a manager who is beholden to Heim bloom. He, right. He he's kind of in, he's in, he's on the knee board behind the boat. That is high bloom. Like he has to ride the wake wherever the boat goes. He's not in control. He doesn't control the throttle. And then the players are next in line guys that have been asking for help and now have to fixate and sort of change their message and just say, we just want to win. Right. We have good guys. Oh, we got reinforcements coming there. They all have to react to Heim Bloom's inactivity. And I think that's a tough spot to be when you're kind of all going in different directions and trying to figure out, you know, how to pull. It's like three ropes. I do believe all three ropes want to go in the same direction. Like they all want to win. I think Heim Bloom wants to win. I think that's pretty, When you get
1: to that level of baseball, I, I think everyone wants to win. It's just getting on the yes, same page.
0: But. What works better? Three ropes or just one rope perfectly in the right direction? And I'm guessing scientists would tell me one rope in the right direction with vectors and and all that crap together. I'm just spitballing here. Physics on here. So that's why I'm deeming them August 3rd, the wait and see socks. Post-trade deadline, they win. Post-trade deadline, discussion with Bloom, they lose. Where do they go next? One and one, or maybe they're just an average 500 baseball team who should probably end up 81 and 81 and – We'll be battling the Yankees for last place in the AL East all summer and early fall long. For Coop Leonard, I'm Jumbo Harp. This is Breaking Boston each and every morning. We talk about the new news, as I like to say, which means it's just news. You don't need the word new on it. Uh, And the storylines of the day, Patriots training camp is full speed ahead. That's someplace where decisions will and are being made by someone with a track record in Bill Belichick. Ed Lee, URI zone, sorry you were cut. We'll see if you come back. One open roster spot and your Boston Red Sox. Wait and see, will they be good? Wait and see, are they going to go in the tank? Wait and see if Breaking Boston talks about it, because we will each and every morning as the Red Sox flounder toward the fall, question mark?